was the night before Christmas Eve and the podcast world was quiet, except for two jackasses wanting to talk of a hockey riot. Brad children were all snug in their bed, while Jeff pat his cat right on Sam's head. The juniors are being flaunted by TSN, while the angel fires up its schedule once again. We don't have any more info than you since we're not an insider, but we can discuss the end of a goaltender's career, Corey Schneider. So join us around the glow of the internet, and don't go to a professional like Paul Bissonnette. I've ruined, I've poured myself a drink, but I'm sure Brad's having none. Don't worry about it, boys and girls. I'll make up by, by drinking a ton. Welcome to those Canadian lads. Brad, happy Festivus. How are you doing this evening? And a happy Festivus to you, Jeffrey. Airing of the grievances will begin shortly. <laughs> yeah, everybody, welcome to those Canadian Lads podcast. It's uh, it's still the Christmas season. It's uh, December 23rd, 2020. Uh, I'm excited to kind of get things rolling tonight. Jeff, maybe you want to... Let's set the table, the Festivus table, the festivist for table. our discussion tonight. Well, I don't have my Festivus poll up in the background, although I do have one in my basement. Uh, it's here in spirit throughout the house. But uh, we're going to talk about, uh, obviously, the return of hockey, uh, both in junior and the professional format, which is exciting for uh, for most of us who are in our lovely Canadian homes. Uh, we're going to talk on uh, a bit of UFO news, something personal that has transpired over the weekend in regards to that. Uh, I want to talk about... Very close and personal. Very close, indeed. Uh, I'm going to talk about a... Pro- a uh, project uh, that I think is something that uh, Edmontonians can get on board of, uh, get on board with. Sorry, and uh, as I said, we're gonna go in through the hockey world and get our thoughts on what's coming up for us. Oh man, yeah, this is a this is a big week. Twenty one days to the start of the National Hockey League. Connor McDer- McConnor McDavid's Mc- birthday. McDer- <laughs> Dylan McDermott. Connor- <laughs> Dylan McDermott. Dylan McDarmott. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it's yeah. a big it, it yeah Dilmar- <laughs> <laughs> so we're going off the rails right off the get-go here tonight folks i'm really excited but yeah no the nhl coming back january 13th 2021 what's better than that so you know we're going to talk a little bit about that but some uh some great an exciting news on your side because we want to bring up the topic du jour on the Canadian Lads podcast. Those yeah, Canadian yeah. Lads podcast. We, we probably shouldn't oversell this too much because I'm sure there's a very logical and scientific reasoning. But I have questions. I have questions. I probably don't have answers. Probably don't have answers. But uh, Saturday late afternoon, the sun had set and it was a it was a lovely evening for a fire. Uh, while sitting out there enjoying my first beer, so don't don't get too excited. I wasn't nine deep at this point, but my wife and I were staring off into the sky, and just below the cloud cover, there was a blue light that came over top of us and then banked to the right, and it probably could be a shooting star, but the fact that we saw it below the clo- clouds got our attention very quickly. Now, for those who don't know my wife. She is not a believer in this subject. She is not on board. I once got in a fight with her in New York City about this. That's very true. Yeah. No, she is not on board with uh, this theory. Now, of course, I believe in this stuff. I get excited. I see it. I'm like, oh, my God, what did we just see? Even she was questioning it. And she's like, that's weird. Now, she's willing to admit that it was a UFO, as in it's an unidentified flying object. 
But uh, yeah, no, it kind of, uh, it was interesting for sure. Okay, so Shooting Stars, I think we've all seen Shooting Stars in our lives. Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, yeah, meteorites hitting the the Earth Earth's atmosphere and burning up on re-entry. Um, there was a, a larger one that came over Edmonton a couple of years ago, lit up the sky like it was the Great Ascension 2020 event 2020, which never happened, you fucking loons. But anyways, <laughs> that's another topic. <laughs> Um, you, on that note, did you by chance get to see the conjunction? Did you by chance? I did not. It, it, well, it was too cloudy. Yeah, no, I know. I, I kept poking my head out to see if I was going to catch a view of it. I saw some pictures, but that, that's still a pretty cool celestial event. So, oh, it was fantastic. Plus, you were hoping to catch some more views of UFOs. So, okay, yeah. here's the thing. So, blue light, okay, could still be a shooting star. What really gets me though, and the question is, how low do you think it was under the cloud cover? And generally, uh, shooting stars and meteorites, they don't generally change direction. That's the that's the one thing that got my attention. Like the the quite the banking to the right and then changing direction. Uh, how how far below the clouds was? I I don't know. Like you, you look at it, you're like I don't know. It's two hundred fifty feet in the air. It's I don't know. 10,000 feet below cloud. I have no idea, but, but no, no, it was, um, it was definitely interesting for sure. But as I said, I don't have any answers, just something that like, obviously I was excited when I saw it. So I had to reach out to my good buddy, Brad say, Hey, if it came back, Holy man, I would have lost it. But, but I do have a theory. Without toilets, Jeff would have been ripping them out. I, w- I would, I had a lawn chair to throw. That would have worked. That would have thrown it into the fire, which I've done at your lovely lake lot. So, <laughs> But um, I do have a theory for the, obviously the Americans are going to have a presidential change. Um, Trump, we've discussed it on this podcast. Trump obviously went kind of a little bit, maybe baddie, maybe serious with the Space Force stuff. Uh, Then obviously there's the story about uh, the Israeli space minister uh, imploring him not to talk about it publicly because the aliens have said, but we're not ready and all that type of jazz. You know, Biden's coming in and Biden had a good solid eight years with Obama where not a lot of UFO uh, information was coming out from a government source. I think we're going into lockdown mode again for four years. I don't think we're going to get anything from that perspective. I agree 100%. Actually, that's, when you mentioned that you were going to bring that up, I agree 100%. I think uh, the disclosure community out there is going to have to wait. You know, it's, uh, yeah, uh, it's interesting that you got to see something like that and but I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, the topic du jour on those Canadian lads podcast is going to be quickly going away. So, Well, it, timing's probably good considering like, hey, we're uh, hockey starting up. Uh, college football playoffs is about to kick off. NFL playoffs is a couple of weeks away. The juniors are about to start. You know, we're really actually coming into what would normally be a good sports time. So it'll be interesting. It'll be a good distraction for sure. I have to bring up our lad po- podcast. We should have named it the shit show, but uh, it was the monthly cash. <laughs> but uh, it was, I had a good time. But uh, one of the things you did bring up was uh, Beverly D'Angelo. Um, <laughs> did you happen to have a chat with your wife tonight about Beverly she, D'Angelo? Beverly D'Angelo. Yes, she was. Uh, apparently that was news to her that uh, I thought Beverly was quite lovely and striking in her younger days. But uh, yeah, no, uh, my wife is not on board with thinking that Beverly D'Angelo is an attractive woman. So, 
Actually, her. her <laughs> well, sorry, Beverly. <laughs> her theory, actually, and she's getting mad for me saying it. she. Her theory is that I think she looks like she does gross things in bed. <laughs> now i don't i don't actually think that but uh but yeah no i no i think beverly is probably a lovely person she goes she's got it god loving christian maybe <laughs> no i hanging out with kirk cameron i think like, hey they would not have cast beverly d'angelo in all those movies as a mom if people didn't think she was attractive i can't be alone on this so we'll ask the twitterverse yeah, we'll put, put a, a poll out there. Put a poll. Is Beverly D'Angelo? And I'm not talking about Beverly D'Angelo 2020. Like she's probably 70. No, uh, yeah, she's probably 70 actually. So, but 1986 National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah, she's a lovely looking lady. Young Jeffrey getting all excited. <laughs> yeah, I would have been four when that movie came out. <laughs> 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 That's a Christmas classic, though. That we still got to watch that this year. So. Um, but slipping into like a bit of sports talk. So I'd mentioned something that I thought was uh, very interesting. Um, I tweeted it out. I signed the petition myself, but, uh, Jelena Madronovich, uh, there's a petition to get a street named in Edmonton, uh, after her, uh, for who, those who don't know who Jelena is, she is an accomplished professional boxer, uh, originally out of, um, out of Hay River, but, uh, calls Edmonton home. Uh, she got a professional record of 41 and 10. She, her uh, amateur record is 0 and 1. I have no idea how you have one amateur fight before you go professional, but she must have really impressed somebody and jumped on board there. But but no, uh, Jelena has been a professional boxer in this community for geez, since 2003, so like 17 years. And, and as I said, she's accomplished, just recently defended her WA title, uh, Constantly the headliner for events at the Shaw Center here in Edmonton. And um, he's a world champion, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, in, in regards to, you know, a city that really, we obviously, we idolize the hockey players that come through here, especially the children. Uh, these guys, you know, there's a few Edmonton born players that have played for the teams and whether it be on the Eskimos, the Oilers. But in regards to individual athletes, there hasn't been, uh, maybe it's unfair to say this, but there's, the surrounding communities had their stars. Jelena's one of them, and I do think that, that she probably deserves some recognition as a result. So uh, for those who are interested, as I said, I, uh, I tweeted out the, um, the link in regards to the change.org uh, uh, petition. I think it's if you just Google change.org, Jelena Modernovich, street name, Y-E-G, you'll find it. But uh, I encourage you guys, if you guys feel the same, to do that. I, I think she's well-deserving of that. Oh yeah, she's been an amazing representative not only for Edmonton but for Canada on the world stage. Um, the one of the faces of female boxing throughout the world. Um, she's a true champion, class act, one hundred percent. You know, from what I've seen in the media and how she handles herself. Um, you know, I think she owns a a boxing gym now, uh, like a fitness gym uh, throughout Edmonton. A couple of them and. Uh, just a, a, a fantastic Edmontonian and a fantastic Canadian. So I'll be definitely getting behind that as well. Hopefully it's not like 118th Ave or anything like crazy like that. But uh, <laughs> the, uh, let, the let's give her a nice street. The Avenue of Champions? Is that? <laughs> yeah, so uh, obviously uh, Jelena's done great in the community in regards to uh, uh, raising money and raising awareness for Parkinson's. Uh, as I mentioned, she defended her title. Uh, I believe her coach... And possibly her manager, same guy, 
Uh, he had a horrible cardiac event uh, about 12 months ago. Uh, she, so she's been kind of uh, on her own to a certain extent. So uh, yeah, no, and she went out and did the, you know, proved herself a champion once more. So as I said, I, I think very deserving in regards to that. So. I love that. That's awesome. Great bringing that up. Cause I didn't actually know that story. So I'll be totally checking it out in the, uh, in the old Twitter feeds and uh, reading up on it for sure. Yeah, please do. Please do. Yeah. One thing I do want to touch on though, is uh, today and yesterday uh, we're starting to get uh, fed the pregame tournament games over from Rogers place here in Edmonton, Alberta for the uh, international ice hockey federations, the world junior championships, the U twenties. And uh, I wanted to get your take on your feelings of the world juniors, because um I said I put out a Twitter feed the other day. Like, is this a marketing stunt by TSN? Do Canadians truly love this event? Um, Jeffrey, what are your thoughts? Well, <laughs> as you had alluded to in the previous podcast, is it? I think used the word sacrilegious in regards to not watching the juniors. But uh, I'm going to have to admit that uh, I don't think I've watched the juniors since I was prob since probably 1990. Uh, so I, I didn't, I didn't bother looking it up. I think it was Lindros was on that team. So no, maybe it was, maybe it was actually before the nineties, but, but no, I'm, um, no, I'm actually not really a huge fan of the tournament. I don't typically watch it. Um, as I mentioned in a previous podcast, I'm an older season ticket holder and obviously had an opportunity to buy juniors tickets for what would have been this tournament or yeah, this tournament, but I chose not to. Uh, just because I'm like, well, somebody else who probably enjoys the tournament a lot more should go, and I'm not going to go scalp those tickets. But, but no, uh, this year my attitude will change on it because, quite frankly, it's something to watch. But no, I've I've never really paid too much attention to the tournament to be honest. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I've gotten into it over the last number of years. Um, I don't really follow it like maybe I'd want to. I always say every year, yeah, I'm going to get into it this year, and then. Other stuff happens during Christmas and the holiday season that I'm like, wow, this is way more important. And I just don't want to sit around and watch a hockey game. And if I am going to watch a hockey game, it's going to be the Oilers, um, you know, on a Saturday night or or something like that. So uh, I don't I don't buy into this. Like there's other world junior type tournaments. There's other tournaments throughout the hockey um, schedule, you know, female, male, whatever. to me, it's a it's a fantastic marketed event by TSN. I don't know what it draws across, you know, the U.S. or uh, internationally uh, from for a ratings point of view, or who really cares, to be honest with you. So, you know, I see it more as a as a, a really strategically marketed event by TSN. And when they lost the um, the NHL um, rights. Um, they amped up their coverage. They put all their best people behind it. They signed all their their best commentators and, and pundits, and um, they put the the full full court push behind the uh, the World Junior Tournament. Well, I I know there's not much of a reason to turn into you know Sports Center or any one of those highlight shows right now because there's a proxy. If it's not showing NFL highlights on Monday morning, it's probably about ten minutes of material, and everything else is kind of story driven. But TSN's clearly got a little bit of an inferiority complex when it comes to this because I watched like a seven-minute thing about how the tournament is a huge success and how it's well-respected around the world and people love it. And I'm not necessarily saying they're saying they're wrong, but I find it interesting they would even bring that up in a story. Like it's obviously hey, hey, are, 
our tournament really good. It's really good. People like it. Yeah, exactly. And like they're cutting to clips of uh, people in Sweden enjoying the tournament, stuff like that. And quite frankly, as I said, I, I'm sure in certain communities, like if you say, okay, does it do well in the States? Is it going to do well in Southern California? No, they don't care. They don't really care about the Kings unless they're winning the cup. But uh, when Buffalo hosted the tournament, I don't know, what, like three, four years ago, obviously they had, they had that outdoor game at uh, the Bills Stadium. Uh, the Americans came out in Bills uh, hockey jerseys, which I thought was a fantastic look. And if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, I think you should have snatched one of those up right away. But, but no, uh, I, I think in communities like Boston or hockey-driven communities like uh, Buffalo, sorry, it's Buffalo, but Boston as well, but any community in Canada, and then maybe one of those uh, one of the main cities in Sweden or something, you're, you're going to get some attention. But in regards to the worldwide notion of it, it doesn't really exist, I don't think. Yeah, I think it's a Canadian event, and uh, hence why they host it in Canada like every other year. So yeah, uh, there's no coincidence in that, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So there you have it. Those Canadian lads are fine with the World Junior Championships. It's something <laughs> to watch. Go Canada! God loving Canadians like ourselves, we want to cheer for the the good guys on the right side of the uh, the argument, but. Uh, I'm not going to be tuning in just to tune in. I don't just, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously. I don't hate anybody internationally enough right now to really like. Right right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who would it normally be in times of stress? (laughs) Oh, well, the Russians, the Ruskies. If the Russians were, you know, coming in and, you know, invading us or pointing bombs at us, you know, having that old Cold War tension never hurt the professional sports landscape. I wonder. I wonder if that's actually if there is still that rivalry amongst the players. Like maybe Ovechkin. How can it be? Yeah. Like, How can it be? They're they're union brothers. Yeah. Exactly. Like I like obviously like you go back to like the Summit Series and uh, events like that. But and yeah, there was legitimate rivalry. But those Russian players weren't allowed to play in North America. So it was like, oh, the the Russians are sending their army team over here to play us. So yeah, of course there can be a rivalry, but. In today's day and age, yeah, they're we're all they're all part of the same union. They're all teammates with each other. If you got to be, if you can, I understand. Hey, we have just coworkers you don't like, but there's not coworkers you're going to go to war with either, so or war against. Apologies. Some of those Russians speak better English than we do. So, oh yeah, no, that does a lot. Well, it is the Christmas season, so having a Guinness while doing this is going to hinder that a little bit. So. <laughs> <laughs> So before we dive into the NHL season, I, I wanted to see if you'd by chance caught the uh, Tyler Sagan interview on uh, 31 Thoughts uh, from a week no, ago. No, I did not. Why? Oh, yeah, you got to go back and listen to this. So Tyler is one of those guys that like I've never warmed up to, mainly because Boston unloaded him three years into his career. And obviously they saw the writing on the wall of what he was going to be in Boston. And hey, players change, people change. I think he probably matured quite a bit in Dallas. And uh, obviously he's played well for them in the last few years. But he was talking about uh, just like brand recognition and the marking that he puts behind himself. And I, I know that's a topic that you've always kind of been uh, close, near and dear to your heart. But one of the things I found really interesting was um, he was talking about Wally's in the bubble in Edmonton. And he, he said nothing bad about the city or the setup or like that, which I did appreciate because and I'm an Edmontonian. I have a bit of an inferiority complex if anyone trashes my city. It's like whenever any jackass sports writer uh, tweets out something, 
oh, I'm covering the Bruins tonight. I'm in Edmonton. Where can I get a bite to eat after 7 p.m.? It's like, screw off, buddy. It's like, that's not even legit anymore. I'm not saying at one point it wasn't. But if anybody makes fun of this city, it's going to be us. That's we right. know what to make fun of. That's right. Like, lived and die here. Well, not, well, hopefully not die soon. But, but who knows? Anyways, but one of one of the things Tyler brought up that was I, I never considered during that bubble uh, playoff hockey. But uh, you're walking around that hotel and in between the arena and then little segmented areas of downtown where they allowed you to kind of go and you could be safe. It's like you couldn't get a break from it. There was always other players. There was always players that you played the night before, someone you jawed at, someone that's uh, one of your teammates, or just anything you just can't disconnect. And it's easy for somebody like myself who's a hockey fan to go like, well, yeah, okay, but it's two and a half months, three months. Of- and I uh, was saying it was difficult, obviously, to disconnect from the hockey game and disconnect from the hockey world during that whole time period, something I wouldn't have considered. Brad, what are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are... I guess I'm trying to wrap my head around, you know, I don't, I, I do feel sorry for him because mental health is huge. You know, these guys are people, they have families, you know, once they're disconnected from their families for a couple months, um, anybody who's worked away from home for weeks on end or months, which, you know, some people listening have, um, obviously that's tough. Your life is continuing on without you essentially. Um, and people are living their lives and you're out working, uh, you know, of course you're an NHL player, you're making lots of money, all that kind of stuff. But when you're in that environment, it's gotta be mentally tough to try to, you know, kind of keep your wits end because you're living, breathing, you know, everything's hockey. And like you said, you're running into people who you're competing against, um, getting into altercations with on the ice. Um, I'm sure things got testy every once in a while. Well, yeah. In the bubble. Could you imagine you uh, you say something to somebody on the ice, call call somebody a name, take a shot at their family members, like uh, Scott Thornton's wife, and then you dummy, yeah, you dummy. And then the next day you pass them while trying to get a coffee. It's just like wonderful. Could you imagine if your work environment was like that? That you you chirp at somebody, and then like twelve hours later, they're waiting outside the bathroom for you. Like, give me a break. It'd be so stressful. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Jeff, I saw you going in the bathroom. I'll see you there later. Yeah, exactly. It's just like a, it'd be like a specter haunting you the whole time. That's brutal. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, so the season's kicking off in uh, three weeks' time. Uh, obviously, twenty-one days. Twenty-one days. Well, so it is exactly three weeks. I nailed it. So obviously, good. Uh, it's obviously exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Um, sounds like the North Division, aka the Canadian Division, is going to happen. There's some challenges with the provinces and the health and health environment that comes with that. But uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on how this is going to unravel this year, Brad? So first of all, there, there's a big hurdle. The uh, Ontario is going into lockdown and the NHL is supposed to be starting two weeks uh, before that lockdown ends. So there's that issue. Um, reports are coming out of BC that uh, they don't, want to allow these Canadian teams to travel across Canada into different regions, which is I'm kind of confused because if you're a private business in Canada currently and you operate in various different provinces, you can still travel via plane, vehicle, train, motorcycle, car, whatever. Yeah. People are traveling. It's it's out of work. So to me, it's hypocritical. Um, 
I think it's politicized. You know, nobody wants to see millionaire hockey players getting special treatment during COVID times. Uh, I don't think there's a certain group in the population. They'd fight it if ands or buts like they, they just fight it just to fight it. But here's the thing from a mental health standpoint, man, this is going to be so huge for people, not only to keep them out of doing other things spreading covid they're gonna it's gonna keep people in their houses first of all but it's gonna help their minds it's gonna help them get through this really crappy time until they get that needle stuck in their arm or butt or eyeball or whatever give me the needle the arm is is it the arm i i I just want to make sure it's the arm arm. i'm not getting a needle in the eyeball but i would i would take a needle in the eyeball just just to go to a hockey game right now. I I know well, you would do it too. Well, well I'm, I'm going to get the needle regardless. So I just, um, I'm just going to be at the end of the line as I should be, uh, which is totally fair in my opinion. But I just, uh, yeah, like I know there's going to be a segment of the population and I'm not necessarily even saying that you're wrong or right in this argument, but um, people are like, well, why do they get preferential treatment? Why do they get to do this? I'd make an argument it's not preferential treatment. As I said, businesses are flying their people left, right, and center uh, to go to job sites and work anyways. Uh, that's, that's just the way commerce works, unfortunately, um, and, and during pandemic times as well. But Shut it down, Jeff. Shut it down. Shut all the businesses down. Shut them all but, down. But like, I'm, I'm not making an argument that the NHL should jump the line in regards to the vaccine or any of that, but if they believe that they can safely get their players to – Okay, fly to a city, travel to the hotel, uh, bus it to the arena to practice, bus it back to the hotel, bus it to the arena, back to the airport. They're not going to be really interacting with the with the population anyways. So it's, it's not, safer. It's not, it's not a health risk exactly. And I would make an argument: less less of these players are going to be uh, throwing syphilis around. So it's good. <laughs> but, and the argument too is like, well, why? What about what is is it special treatment? It's like, well. There's a work at home order in Alberta. Theoretically, the guy who works at the grocery store has got more freedom than I do now because I'm not supposed to go to work. <laughs> so, so there you go. No, you're supposed to work. I'm supposed to work. You just got to yeah. work from home. Exactly. So, so the, yeah, there's there's no hard, fast, concrete rules when it comes to this type of stuff. So it's just like if you can safely navigate these world, uh, these waters, go ahead and do it. And I don't think it should be that big of a deal. I, I don't know. It's maybe we're so pro hockey. It's not even funny because we're doing a podcast on hockey tonight and we're both excited. Well, I'm excited. You're pretty like chill about this. I I want to see some passion from you. Oh, this I, is the guy who falls over seats. And that happened once. <laughs> that happened once. And that wasn't passion. That was uh Logaditas, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, but uh, no, obviously, no. Like, it's, the good entertainment value will be there eventually. And we'll, you know, one of the best things about this potentially being ironed out, and if they do get this season going, is that the following season should be normal again. At that point, we'll all, you know, everyone who wants the vaccine should have been able to have a chance to get it. Uh, the team will be able to go over the border. The divisions will realign back to where they should be. And I think they should realign back to where they once were. But, uh, but yeah, no, it'll be definitely, if they can get this open and shut, then next year will be back to normal. And that's what I think we all want. We just want that beginning of normal once more. You know why I'm super excited? It's because the schedule got released today. 
I, I, I got some issues with the schedule. And I, I'm not saying it's anyone's fault. I'm just saying the schedule is what the schedule is. I, it's not making me excited. Well, let's let the listener know what's going on with the schedule. So basically, you either play a team 10 or 9 times within the next 56 games. And it is awesome. Now, I think the schedule's awesome. It lines up to create a lot of rivalries. There's some some back-to-back-to-back games in there between a, two teams. There's uh, 10 games against the Calgary Flames for the Edmonton Oilers. That is going to be by the 10th game. And if these two teams make the playoffs, oh man, like you could end up playing the like 14 times a, a team. Like it's it's unreal. Like I, I think this is a unique setup, and I, I agree. You know, we don't want to have this going forward because we do. I, I like having teams come through. You know, Rogers that you don't see on a regular basis. You know, obviously you want divisional play, but you also want to see other co- conference teams come in, like Washington and Montreal and Toronto. It's good for their once once a year visit. But um, this schedule is going to be cool. And like just looking at the schedule right now, you know, to start the se- season on January thirteenth, it's a back to back against Vancouver you know, on a, on a Wednesday, Thursday, and then Saturday night we have Montreal. And then that first month you got Toronto four times. So, right. And you know, it's obviously uh St. McDavid versus Matthews is that's, that's great. And all that type of jazz, but we're going to in the Canadian division, you're going to miss out on all the opportunities to see the, see your favorite players play those other great names. Uh, obviously, the countdown is on in regards to Ovechkin and Crosby coming up to Canada and playing a few games. Like what? We got maybe, well, maybe Ovechkin will play till he's like forty-seven. I don't, I don't know, but but it's just like obviously we're not going to see the McDavid Crosby rival, not rivalry, but a chance to play each other and test each other out at the, at the face-off dot, and uh, that's disappointing in my opinion. The other, the other thing too, and as I said, like I. I can kind of buy your argument about like, oh, 10 games against the Flames. So then possibly play them playoffs. So that could be exciting. But one of the best things about sports, and it's one of the reasons I think the NFL does so great, that why people love football, is your game is once a week. So your your anticipation grows and grows and your excitement for when that next game being played is going to finally happen. It's like, great, this is exciting. It's like, okay, we were all super excited after Kachuk got tuned in by Cassian last year. And like, when was the next game? When's the next game? It was right away. That was good. But if it's going to be like, all right, the next game is tomorrow or sorry, in two days time. Cause there's a break between all the games, but it's like the next game will be wait a week. It's like, wow, great. At, this, at a certain point, the anticipation and the excitement for that will, I, I it'll be hindered in my opinion. So. We'll come back around on this in a in a couple months and see exactly where you sit. Because I, I I think knowing you, you're gonna come back and say, "Oh man, this schedule's unreal." It's a playoff game every night. You know, when you have all these teams being that good, other than Ottawa, yeah, we need to shit on Ottawa. Yeah, you know, the, the division is definitely competitive, which is going to be good. And yet, I'm not saying it's going to be bad hockey. It's just that. In regards to any rivalry games, the anticipation is gone in my opinion, or will be gone shortly, in my opinion. But oh man, no, it's like dousing gasoline on it. Yeah, but gasoline burns out at a certain point. Yeah, but we have an <laughs> unlimited supply in Edmonton. No, we I, we refine the shit. No, I I as I said, I come game six, seven, eight, nine, ten against the Flames and Canucks. 
Uh, by the time I see Austin Matthews for the eighth time, I'm just going to be like, yeah, okay, well, we've already seen this game. And I, here's my prediction. Yeah, we can go back. We can revisit. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll admit it. But I would wager at a certain point, these games aren't going to be competitive. They're going to be the same as the last game. So what I kind of mean by this is when Montreal plays Calgary and Calgary wins 3-1, eventually the next game will be Calgary winning 3-1. And then the game after that will be Calgary winning 3-1. And it's not going to – I think it's just going to be because the teams get so used to each other and know each other so inside out. Every goaltender's tendencies, what the defense, how the defensemen play them against the boards – players will figure it out and then they'll just play the same game plan and there won't be the adjustments. I, as I said, I think it'll be just the same thing. The best part is going to be the opening part of the season. And then when you finally gear up for the playoffs, the rest is going to be bunk. Yeah, I disagree. I think that's going to be a complete sprint. You know, what do we got? January, February, March, April, and it ends in May, like May, May 8th or something like that. It's, Early May. it's the last day of the season. So it's just going to be a complete sprint. It, you're, there's going to be hockey on like, non-stop and it's going to be it's going to be a nice distraction to be honest with you going into oh, the spring and summer i'm not saying it's not gonna be a good distraction like obviously i'm excited to watch hockey but as and as it this isn't anyone's fault nobody can fix this there's there's a global pandemic going on the borders got challenges the league has challenges the nba is going to do the same thing with idiot players going to clubs and not going by their own protocols but you mean James Harden? I mean James Harden. I don't like James Harden yeah. already, so it's easier for me to trash him. He doesn't play defense. It annoys the hell out of me. So. <laughs> but one of the other things, too, and one of the, I think, disappointing factors of the season is going to be if you're a team like Edmonton or Calgary and your farm team doesn't play in Canada, you're going to have to create yourself a taxi squad. And I know, I know there seems to be rules put in place there so that you can expand that a little bit. But, okay, like I like Evan Bouchard. Uh, we shouldn't see him play profession uh, in the NHL this year because if you put him on a taxi squad thing, he's not going to get better in regards to being a number one, number two defenseman. He's just going to be sitting in the box uh, all night watching guys play and practicing. That's what do you mean? He's like a 41 year old man. <laughs> he looks like a 41 year old man. Yeah, guy, the guy looks older than I do, but, but no, it's just like, I think for some of these players that like, I think of Edmonton specifically in regards to the young, de- young defense that is supposed to be kind of churning and getting ready for uh, overtaking a few guys like uh, like Larson and uh, unfortunately probably Clefbaum due to the injury concerns. But th- these guys, their growth is going to be stunted by this. And I said, once again, not anyone's fault. It's just going to be disappointing, unfortunately. You know, that stunting goes right into amateur and kids hockey, right? Like uh, uh, kids have lost a year of their development. Um, so that sets them back, you know, and it goes right up into the pro ranks, right? So it's... Oh, uh, yeah. It is what it is, right? There's no ifs, ands, or buts around it. You know, just try to get out to an outdoor rink and, and try not to get arrested. So, <laughs> so yeah, so, so we can touch on that video really quick. I'm I'm guessing by the fact that I saw you tweet that out and offer your opinion of uh, some people should be relieved of their jobs. What are your thoughts on what went down there? Uh, you know what? Like, there's always two sides to a story. I just think that in this scenario, you know, in Canada, if you're listening from somewhere else, and I think we've had a few listeners through Italy and the United States. So welcome to those Canadian lads podcast. I hope you're enjoying, but in Canada, I I think we pride ourselves on community policing and the two police officers that, uh, uh, 
told the 21 year old hockey player that I will fucking tase you. Um, yeah, <laughs> because he was asking them some questions on why he was being, you know, either ticketed or being about to be arrested, um, which I think were justified. Um, I, I just think they, they, they went a little overboard with it, to be honest with you. I, I wasn't really impressed and, um, I'm still, I'm, I, I'm, even though the guy came out as a bit of a anti-masker type situation, that doesn't mean anything to me. It's what were the cops doing there in the first place? Well, as I said, you're right. Uh, there's always two sides to a story. And obviously the video I've seen is immediately when the cops are already there. So my understanding of the story is that a bylaw officer was called out to the park, which is a hockey rink and a, and a skate park conjoined. So somebody phoned the rat line. So somebody called the rat line. And yeah. And quite frankly, like there's citizens that want to do that. Uh, I might not want to be one of those people, but you know, the, they set that up for a reason. So there's people getting their jollies right now. Phone, phone oh, rat line. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. But the, obviously the bylaw officer was called out there. Uh, he was met with uh, resistance, which isn't that shocking to be, to be fair. Uh, the cops were dispatched and they went out there and I said, we don't see what leads up to this point. Um, I guess the thing that bothers me to a certain extent is, what what is what are the police to do? Like, uh, are they so are they supposed to just go? Well, I guess you're right. You we're just going to walk away. We're not going to enforce the rules that have been put out there. And I'm not condoning threatening to tase a guy when he's on his skates or or you know put him. To be fair, there's worse police incidents than this one out there. But I, I'm not. Gonna, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. It's pretty tame. But... It's pretty tame. Like, and I'm not. And I'm quite frankly, if somebody, if a police officer told me to shut the fuck up, I wouldn't be all that upset about it. To be honest, but, 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 yeah. At what point are the cops supposed to be like, well, what, what choice are you leaving us with? How, how am I? I can't sit here all day talking to you, trying to get you off the ice. I just thought it was like an unprofessional approach, right? Yeah, fair, you know, fair. Like. Fair. It, he was trying to talk it out by the, from the video I saw, he was trying to have the questions that he was asking answered. If he was being a dickhead, then just answer his questions, lay it out for him. But you know, then they started getting rough with him. And then like, there's 10 other people, kids with video, cell phone cameras. Oh, you can't, you, know, you can't out. do anything. You're going to, you're going to be on video no matter what you do. You know, yeah. don't do it. Try to figure it out. Like, I don't know. Like, I just found it to be too aggressive and, you know, hopefully there's some discipline there or some coaching. Let's pull the old manager hat out, but like hopefully these two officers are coached a little bit on how to approach certain situations. And I go back to the, the community policing, you know, thing, you know, it's, yeah, they're not wearing masks. They're, they're also not, you know, killing anybody, you know, they're not out there. They might, maybe they're spreading COVID. Maybe that's a view. People have the viewpoint yeah. that, you, oh, you're a murderer. You could be a murderer. Well, you know what? Like, I don't know. Trying to, I'm just trying to like be fair, play devil's advocate, see both sides of the argument to a certain extent. And I'm sure there's people that would be like, no, oh, they, nothing was really going on there. And there's people that would be over, probably over the top and say, oh yeah, there's a, what if they had body checked somebody and that person brought it home to their grandparents and, Listen, I, I know I sound sarcastic as I say that, but at the same time, like that is a genuine concern for people. Like, this isn't necessarily a joke. And you and I have taken a pretty strong stance on this podcast that we should be uh, social distancing, not necessarily hugging it out like a couple of Karens in a parking lot, you know, wear your masks. 
Um, yeah, it's just a weird incident. I, as I said, in one breath, I see it from the kid's point of view where I'm like, Hey, I'm asking a few questions. Don't get too excited and threaten me first off. And the thing too, is I see it from the cost point of view where I'm kind of like, Oh, how far are they supposed to go without getting a response, a proper response out of this kid? And truth be told. Yeah, I think, I think it's fair. I, and you know, it brings out an emotional response when you see somebody getting, trying to get ragdolled by two police officers, but um, they weren't really doing a good job they with could, that either. <laughs> like he was kind of no, standing there. No, the it, time. Was, <laughs> it was it was troubling to say the least. But uh, you know, going back to the whole like the COVID situation, you know, you're right. I'm I'm bought in. I'm doing my part. You know, staying out of stores, staying out of public places as much as possible. I, I took my children skating this week twice. Social distanced, more masks while we skated. Um, we need this. We needed it right now. We needed to get out of the house. Oh, yeah. They needed to get out of the house. I don't want to shove them in front of a TV screen. Um, but there, are, I do know, and I'm not calling the rat line, but I'm going to treat these people a little differently that I know are having um, social gatherings at Christmas. And uh, uh, the people I do know that are doing that, I'm thoroughly disappointed because what makes it all right for you to do that and not me? Yeah, absolutely. Like we're all kind of paying the price. And that was the idea is that if we all pay the price together, this should be over sooner than later. But yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't call the rat fink line or do anything with it. But, um, you know, uh, it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's such a sensitive topic. You know what I mean? Like you, you get you could get branded like a like a real nut like a kook who follows the uh, Palladians and all the Ascension people. You know what I mean? Like if you really take a hard stance and like, no, no, I'm not wearing a mask or ah, 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 ah. it's like, no, you know, like you're a lot. That's what I love about this country is like, you can take this viewpoint and you can run with it and you shouldn't be, that shouldn't be held against you. Like, you know, I think that's the beauty of living in a, in a free society is that, you know, yeah, there's thing things going on, and there's a deadly virus that's sweeping out old people mostly. And uh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah, yeah, it's it's we it's a great thing to have a conversation about. But I think at the end of the day, it's kind of you should be you know gearing up to follow the rules. And I don't know, I don't know. It's it's a, obviously the time of the year where this is happening. It's not exactly the most uplifting thing to be going through. So. No, it's really not. It's actually very, uh, it's very stressful. Yeah, that's actually funny. I mean, maybe this is more of a, a dive. We should do it on our podcast. But I, I don't know if I maybe I don't understand what stress is or how my body relates, <laughs> responds to stress because I don't find it that stressful. I find it disappointing. But I don't really find myself stressed or showing those signs. But as I said, maybe maybe I don't understand what I'm doing with myself, actually. <laughs> hey, wait just a second. I'm going to take another sip of Guinness. <laughs> I just think it's having the reins on you a little bit, not being able to do the things that you want to do. You know, it, it, it makes it tough, right? You know, it's oh, it, it turns into Groundhog Day you know, every, every day. Well, and as I said, like if, if I was, if it was me making the decision, as I said, uh, I, I, it's easy to say, I follow the science, but you know, I look at the numbers and where it's a transmissions within restaurants seems to be a very small number. Uh, transmissions from gyms seems to be non-existent. I obviously care about that, but, and as I said, if the, if the numbers are all kind of saying, Hey, you should be, can't be gathering in people, each other's homes. 
then they cut that out. That, that's what the government should be targeting. But that's just my thoughts on it. Yeah. This, quite frankly, this should be over soon enough. The injections are starting, so it's good. We should return back to a happier topic. So obviously, yeah, we really went off yeah, the rails. Yeah, yeah. I thought this was going to turn into a shit show, and yeah. then we started talking about all the serious stuff and getting all political again. Which, by the end of this podcast, you need to tell me what you wanted to. Te- you were teasing me with for the last couple of weeks. You still haven't brought it up, <laughs> and we need to end this podcast on there. I'm sure somebody's like, "What the." is that jeff guy talking about he teased it and he never brought it up again i totally forgot but anyway i totally forgot back to hockey totally forgot (laughs) okay uh on to to hockey but uh, um i think obviously we know ottawa is not going to go very far in this season um i think that the usual cast of characters in regards to like Nice segue. Yeah, I'm trying my best. Here. Sorry, I'm trying my best. It's like from serious to like. So Ottawa's Ottawa, shit. Ottawa's crap. <laughs> I'm trying my best here. Uh, I think we're going to see teams like Colorado, um, you know, St. Louis, Vegas. They're going to be competitive this year. I think Carolina is going to get off to a good start. Uh, Columbus has got a, probably a better schedule than they had previously with their old division. Uh, so I, I think you're going to see the usual cast of characters kind of getting deep in there. And, you know, I, as somebody who likes to gamble, I will say I trust in Vegas. And I was pretty delighted to see this, that uh, that Edmonton is a plus 250 to win the division, uh, which is only second to Toronto at a plus 175. Trust in Vegas. That's a good sign for the Oilers. I'm happy with it. Right below that's Calgary. Let's talk a little bit about where you think the standings are going to run in the North Division because with pretty much six of the seven teams being uh, very competitive and probably playoff teams, um, two two really good teams aren't going to make the playoffs. I'm I'm willing to say that I think Ottawa and Montreal, uh, I, I know Montreal got to, com- got to play, but um, they were tanking their season last year and rightfully so. Uh, but um, I don't think either one of those people could... give them a lot of credit, eh? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think just because the schedule happened to work out in the favor that they were going to play a few games at the end of the year, but they had given up. They started at the trade deadline. They were unloading talent. They 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 didn't think they had anything there, and I, I they have to probably gut that whole franchise in regards to the management. But yeah, but people are giving them saying, "Oh, they're going to be a playoff team. They're right up there." But yeah. I really I really see it as Toronto. Uh, I think Toronto is going to finish first. Frederick Anderson always has a good regular season. Yeah, true. Um, true. Blows it in the playoffs. So Freddie Anderson is in Matthews. I think they're going to lead this North Division, uh, and then I think they're going to be followed up. And this because my heart bleeds orange and blue. Um, it's going to be followed up by the Oilers. You know, I, I think it's going to be really, really hard to hold back McDavid and Drysital, even with the Oilers having a really weak goaltending. Um, well, yeah, that's their only weakness. I think that's, I, I don't think it's, uh, it's not strong, but it's average. If you know, I think if you look, I, 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 you look at those, I'll throw that, I'll throw that. That's fair. If they're average, they're average in gold. Yeah. I, I think if you look at their team stats from last year, they had like a 917 uh, save percentage amongst the two goalies. I, I think that puts you right about 13th, 14th in the league. So that's, that's, it's average. It's not too bad. Uh, the young defense is going to pose an issue. Uh, I'm a big Darnell Nurse fan. I don't know if him playing more minutes is a good thing or a bad thing with Clefbaum being out. 
Uh, obviously, Tyson Berry is going to be a question mark. He's going to get some offensive points and get some power play time, which is going to be good. But I don't think he's going to do – he's not going to be on the penalty kill or anything like that. So there's there's obviously some question marks with the defense. Uh, I think the offense is going to look pretty good. Obviously, when you have, the two, have those two guys playing for you, they're going to put up points no matter what. I think, well, I think just with the add-ons, right? Like they they tweak the lineup really nicely. Like bringing back Tyler Ennis, I love that. Oh yeah, no, a, um, a local think, boy, that's fantastic. Dominic Cahoon, if he truly has some sort of chemistry with Leon Dreisaitl, mm. that could be a game changer. But we'll have to see exactly what he can bring to the table. He might be out of like maybe they'll put him up in the press box. Who knows? Yeah. Um, the big wild card for me is really Yessi Pugliarvi. I I don't have high hopes. I maybe it's because I look at you know it's funny enough. You like you look at oh well the Oilers drafted Dreisaitl McDavid. Nugent Hopkins is still kicking around and hopefully I know they broke off contract talks and hopefully they get that restarted relatively quick or at least right at the end of the season. But I don't know. I, I Pooley RV. It's funny. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not an expert. I'm not a hockey analysis or I'm just a casual fan who goes to games and watches quite a few of them. I can't think the guy can skate. This is a horrible skater. And I always hear people like, Oh, he's a good skater. I'm like, what am I missing about this guy? And it may have said, maybe it's me entirely, but I, I don't think he's going to skate up with the first two lines. I don't think he's going to keep up with anybody. I just uh, I don't think that's his game. As somebody who's seen you skate. Hey. I... No. <laughs> <laughs> Those were on rental skates that were all, I think they were figure skates as well, by the way. They were. Yeah, the toe pick. The toe pick, yeah. I'll show you this yeah, winter. You know I got my skates sharpened. I'll be great this year. So. He he ha- he 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 has talent it, to be drafted. Oh, you know, I think we're, yeah, like he should he should pull through and have some talent. I think it's all behind between the ears for that kid, and I think he you know ego maybe came into it. You know, I don't know. I always look at like the small things a little bit, and like you come in, you throw the old number ninety eight on your jer- jersey, things like that. I'm like, maybe you want to come in a little lower key. You know, you're not the cock of the walk. You're not the the guy it's connor's team you know i, I, I kind of look at that kind of stuff i don't i don't read too much into that and you and i've had this conversation i actually don't really care who has the c on their jersey either i think if you're a leader in the dressing room you're a leader in the dressing room and if you're a leader on the ice you're a leader on the ice i don't it doesn't matter what's on your jersey because there's guys who just step up uh, i don't think too much about pulley rv putting on the 98 um just much like the much like yakupov uh, I think he's probably a good guy. Like the, you look at the photos of him skating with uh, local kids at outdoor rinks during his time in Edmonton. Uh, Yak had stories about him buying ho- homeless guys dinners and playing with kids too. And like I said, these guys are all probably great guys. I just, as I said, I, I don't think he's going to keep up with anybody on the ice. I think it's purely just an on the ice thing. So I, I, what I'm liking a big one and, kind of to touch uh, the cherry on top is the signing of Kyle Turris. Yeah, that I'm very excited about. Now, which Turris are you getting? Because the, the last couple of years in Nashville, oof, it's rough. No, but you know what that does? He It brings, he's 31. He comes in with a little bit of maturity into the room. Um, he's kind of that, that, you know, depth centerman now, third line guy. He can cement that third line. That's what the Oilers needed was a a third line centerman to to really cement the uh, the, the the lineup, right? And I think they'll have a killer fourth line now. Um, but you cement 
you know, you get tourists, maybe you put Pugliarvi on that line and, and somebody else. But uh, I think that, I think that's a strong three, like three lines they got there. They got to go back to, to Kyler Nuge and Dreisaitl again, like why they went away from that in, in the playoffs or the, the play in games. Cause we, yeah, it was obviously the playoffs, yeah. Don't ag- oh. yeah, we don't agree on that. That's still a series, but yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, listen, you wait, I think you get the, you see which chemistry gets going early on. Uh, I think for familiarity, I think you probably put those lines back together to start the season and see where it ends up. Yeah, you're right. I, I agree. The top three lines are going to be good. Fourth energy line is going to be, it's going to be fine. Um, uh, guys, it, it, there's plenty of reasons to be hopeful for this season. So that being said, I, I probably agree with you. I think Toronto and Edmonton are probably shoe wins for at least the two of the top three spots in my humble opinion. Uh, I think Calgary probably gets one of those spots as well. And then I think it's going to be between Winnipeg and Vancouver and it's just how much roster turnover they're going to face. Now, Winnipeg's obviously got possibly the best Canadian goaltender on the planet right now. So he's going to steal games for them no matter what. But uh, but Vancouver could be interesting. So as I said, I think that last spot's going to come down to those two teams. So Yeah, I think Vancouver, they've got a great tandem in goaltending with Demko and Holtby. But again, another y- a young team and they, they caught some fire up in the playoffs, right? So... Mm-hmm. Is that is that a flash in the pan? Or in, or in the in the pace is going to be a playoff pace. So a young team with great legs is going to be able to you know hopefully skate through this, right? So um, we'll see what happens. But I'm picking the Oilers to finish second. Toronto finish first. What's your estimate? Yeah, I'm going to follow you down that same hole, and then I'm going to cement Calgary into third, and I'm going to probably just go with goaltending for Winnipeg in fourth, and then the rest will. Stay. I'm going to protect. I'm going to predict the Calgary Flames all get COVID and they have to forfeit their season. It will be, if you're a Flames fan, it will be interesting how Goudreau reacts to, you know, the criticism he took last year that that top line hasn't played well. Obviously it's, it's going to become Kachuk's team. Maybe already is. You didn't bite on that joke at all. No, I didn't. Sorry. It went right over my head. <laughs> Actually, went right over my head. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Those infidels in in, in Calgary, yeah. but no, I was, I, it'll be interesting for the how that how that team shapes out. Their defense is going to be strong no matter what, and their goaltending is going to be good. So we'll. Oh, I hate them. I hate them. Yeah, I don't. Oh. You know what? Flame. You know what though? Like I think about the rivalries that the Oilers had. Like over the last thirteen years, it's almost non-existent because the Oilers have not been a factor in regards to making the playoffs or pushing people in and out. Uh, hopefully that changes this year, but it w- it will be nice to actually if, for me to hate Vancouver and Calgary again. I'll definitely say that. So, yeah, it's always nice to hate Vancouver. I think their fans are worse than Calgary fans because Calgary fans are just uneducated and they don't understand what hockey <laughs> is. So. Actually, the the only fans I tr- well I truly truly dislike uh, there's two of them actually. It's the Montreal and the Toronto fans. I absolutely i i love and hate going to games when their orders are playing them if the orders win it's fantastic you used to do their stupid montreal song that ole 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 i love doing that watching canadians fans leave oh or the the price is wrong bitch yeah <laughs> but i love the uh I, I got into it with a couple wearing maple leaf jerseys at the not the last leafs game i went to but two ago and I was, I was being obnoxious because that's what I've, I've been known to do at Oilers games. But I was being obnoxious about the Leafs. Uh, and uh, the lady turned around to me and she's like, 
we don't pick our team on proximity. And I was like, clearly you don't pick it on success either. <laughs> don't give me that shit. <laughs> Did her husband hang her head in shame? No, I think he kind of laughed. I mean, she didn't look too happy with me. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> See, that's why we need to get back in arenas is all that fun stuff you hear. To get jot people, yeah. Yeah. So before we wrap up, because uh, we are getting a little bit long in the tooth in regards to this, and hopefully the internet problems don't wreck this thing completely, but um, I meant to bring this up like two podcasts ago. The San Jose Sharks finally did the right thing and they released the early first jersey again. They're going to wear it on some like special nights. Yeah, they're going to Teal, the, the Pat Maroon jersey. Oh. Yeah, I, don't, I have no idea. I had that jersey as a kid. I have no idea how they make that reverse retro jersey. And then like a month later, come out with the one that they should have been putting together the whole time anyway. I'm like, that's the jersey you should have thrown out there. I don't know. I, I'm excited as hell. No wonder their state's closed down. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great jersey. They're all on the on the, the happy smoke. The oh, it- well, actually, that would yeah, that would be a good game. Hey, well, Phoenix versus San Jose. They're uh, no, they're not in this. Oh, they are in the same division. They give the Peyote Coyote jersey versus the original San Jose jersey. That'd be fantastic. So, oh man, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So, wrapping up the hockey talk a little bit. I think we kind of know where this is going to shake out. It'll be interesting. I said we'll double back. I'll uh, see how we feel about this, the uh, schedule in a few months' time. As I said I I'm not as excited as you are. I think it's gonna be a little bit of a downer along the way, but we'll we'll, we'll we can see what happens. I can't wait to recycle this topic because it will become the topic du jour. Because I completely agree with you that Joe Biden, old Papa Joe, is going to uh, is going to mute the uh, the UFO stuff because uh, he might even be an alien. Maybe he's a oh, reptilian. I like it. Yeah, he yeah. he was putting those monoliths in the desert. So. Ah, what happened to the monoliths? They all of a sudden they went away. Of course they did, because because people got bored with it, so they stopped putting them in yeah. weird places. So that's why that's why they went one, away. Uh, one thing I did watch in back to the UFO topic, there was a great, and I'll retweet it on our Twitter feed, but a, a great uh, recap of an event that happened in 2006 over over O'Hare Airport in Chicago, oh, yeah, Illinois. Sh- shut down the terminal. Shut down C17 terminal. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people saw it, pilots, mechanics, all sorts of folks. And uh, it's a really interesting, and the FAA doesn't want to talk about it. So uh, I'll reshare that. It was, uh, it was a great uh, – It was a, the guys on the New York Post um, tweeted out this video they did just this week. It was really cool. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting uh, UFO lore uh, topic. And it was such a major event at a major airport, and nobody talked about it. I've heard some actually some good interviews, and I'll try to find where where I listen to the interviews with some baggage handlers, uh, some of the people who work on the planes, and even some pilots who kind of said like, "Yeah, being in the terminal and then being stuck on the tarmac, it was weird." So I'll try to track that down so you can put that out there too. Before we go, Brad and his lovely wife uh, were very kind and dropped off a lovely gift for uh, for Tara and I, and it, it was very well received. It was it was a thoughtful gift. Uh, very much appreciated. So thank you very much to the Wackenauts. Thank you. Uh, uh, but one of the funny things that happens in uh, COVID times is people run up to your doorstep and ring the doorbell 12 times and run away. Now, I know you were... The first time I did it, I rang it about 15, but you weren't home. I wasn't home. <laughs> you just looked into the window. But the, 
we find this hilarious. We ring that you. We we knew it was you because how many times you hit the doorbell. It just seemed like a Brad ring. So we go to the door. You've run off, and my neighbor's walking his dog while wearing shorts. Now it was a milder evening at Edmonton, not shorts weather in my opinion. But I thought it was you, so I yelled out. At first, I called him a coward because I thought you ran off. So like, where are you running to, coward? And I was like, hey, why are you wearing shorts? Immediately, he's looking right at me. I'm like, oh. So I've alienated my neighbor this Christmas season, and oh, beautiful. we're gonna have to move. So. Oh no, no, you don't move. You just chirp them all the time. Now it's like, where are you going, coward? Where are you taking your little dog? Yeah, this is gonna be great in the summer when I'm mowing my lawn and he's just staring daggers at me. Well, he's letting his dog take a shit on your lawn. Oh, I know. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely have to check for dog poops now. So. I'm sure he's a nice fellow, but you shouldn't be wearing shorts in the middle of December in well, Edmonton. Truth be told, I, I'm not saying he's a bad dude or anything like that, but he's not very friendly. I'll definitely say that. <laughs> I've talked, I've tried to then he's a coward. I've he should to, talk yeah. to you because you're a very friendly person. Yeah, why did you talk to me, you coward? So that, so that's my embarrassing moment for the Christmas season this year. So. Right on, man. Well, I hope you enjoy those those presents. Mm. I thought I almost broke them at one point. So no, no, they're fantastic. Yeah. Pretty, very much, very much appreciated. All right. Merry Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. So that being said, uh No, you're not getting off. What did you what are you teasing me about? Oh, we'll do it on a political podcast. Oh yeah, it's, political. it's a political thing. Yeah, no, no. That that's what I was was yeah, no, you're talking about what I was teasing what I was teasing about like four podcasts ago, right? Yeah, that's like four weeks ago. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's kind of a weekly podcast. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Teasing for hey everybody, I'm gonna say something funny about Brad. I will, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I did totally forget about. It. Yeah, no, we'll we'll revisit that uh, in the new year. We'll revisit in the new year. So, so obviously, uh, that being said, obviously we've talked your head off, uh, dear listener. Um, we'll see if we do a special uh, between Christmas and New Year's broadcast to see if the schedules can kind of work out a little bit. So stay tuned. But uh, I'll say that uh, you know it's uh, a lovely COVID Christmas. Uh, I'm going to say that I uh, hopefully everyone stays home, stay safe, you know, talk to your loved ones online. Uh, it will be over soon. So just push it to this, to the finish line for just a little bit longer. No, Jeff, absolutely. This is going to be the strangest Christmas on record. Hopefully it's the last one that uh, we have to experience like this. There's been a lot of things rolling around the internet about uh, now they understand why the, uh, the twenties were such roaring why there was a lot of partying and uh uh you know all kinds of cool stuff which hopefully we get to experience in the 20s of the 21st century yeah yeah Yeah, i'm too i'm too old to go to go party like they were back then uh still in the parties like with these young guys coming out now these young millennials uh it ain't gonna be partying like they were in the 20s it's gonna be more like hey man do you want to go tweet at the at the old marijuana shop (laughs) <laughs> the old marijuana shop like the old chocolate shop eh? <laughs> i think that, that that's how much these the young fellows talk these days but uh, hey, archie and the gang are going to grab a joint is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> oh canada but yeah no jeff merry christmas to you uh really uh enjoying the uh conversations we're having on this podcast and i hope the listeners are enjoying it as well um we hit a record amount of uh, listens over this last month 
um, you know, driving the uh, the podcast here. So uh, it was a it was a fun uh, opportunity to get together, and yeah, let's see what our schedules look like. Maybe we'll bring a, uh, a Christmas update uh, holiday, another holiday special while we're actually on holidays. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. So that being said, uh, thank you very much for listening, guys. Um, obviously, we're doing this for fun, and but some of you seem to actually be tuning in. So, yeah, we very much appreciate it. Uh, let us know what you think online uh, through Twitter or anything that Brad's putting out there. Brad's a lot better at that than I am. But, you know, I'll leave it with this. Merry Christmas. Happy Festivus. And uh, have, have a great one. Happy holidays to our non-Christian uh, listeners. Take care. Take care.